0: To wonder what friendship could be. My Until you all shared this magic with me. Big adventure. Tons of fun. A beautiful heart, faithful and strong. Sharing kindness it's an easy feat. And magic makes it all complete. You
1: have mine. Do you know you are my very.
0: Welcome, best. listeners. uh This is the Carton Cast. My name is Ben. No one's name is Zane because he's not here this week. Um, instead, we have. My lovely friend in grad school, Ginny, and she will be joining us to talk about something else. Um, so this is a slightly abnormal episode. I think you'll still enjoy it though, specifically because you won't have to hear Zane Clears throat into the mic about 80, 81, 82 times. Um, but yeah, uh, before we get started, why don't we, Ginny, why don't, why don't you, uh, why don't you introduce yourself to the four or five people who listen to this?
1: Hello! I'm Ginny. I am. Ben kind of roped me into this thing, and I'm really excited to see where it goes. She's cuffed
0: to the table right now.
1: Oh, only a little it's bit. Both it's both
0: hot and effective. It,
1: it, it's some of those, uh, those cuffs that you can actually twist with your finger and get them open, and there's no key.
0: It's twist ties like you get on bread bags. <laughs> we got the real big ones from Costco.
1: So, yeah, really, I, I, I just kind of got trapped in this. Um, but I'm here to talk about one of my favorite shows currently, which is My Little Pony. I'm sure that at least four of the five of you rolled your eyes at that statement. <laughs> uh, She's but- allowed to say it.
0: She's a girl. <laughs> you don't have to leave your check your brony rage at the door. We'll be very tasteful about it. So uh, if, you, if you don't mind, before we get started on uh, talking about that show, I'm, I'm basically going to just discuss your history with it and I've watched a few episodes myself, and I'll go through uh, what exactly I thought about the show, and certain aspects that you may or may not have an opinion on. But before we do that, why don't you tell us about what your, I don't know, hobbies are? If people can reach you anywhere, um, anything like that you want to plug at the top of the show, well, we can also include it at the end.
1: Excellent, sure. Um, I also cosplay, and actually several of my cosplays are from My Little Pony, and you can find them at ginger liz or ginger cosplay or ginger I I Z. I i go by different variations of those three handles in very many places on the internet and we'll include links maybe we'll see i've that might never done little, it before but that might be a little too much organization i don't know <laughs>
0: i don't know we we are hanging out in a ta lounge in our school so uh, that's true yeah this is don't. this is <laughs> It's pretty bottom-of-the-barrel DIY podcasting here.
1: Don't mind the radiator.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. gonna happen. It is awfully... This is awfully cool, so we're not gonna take it out. Also, we don't true. know how to. I think it's, like... I, I mean, there's a central. switch on the side. Is
1: there? Yeah, let's go... No.
0: <laughs> yeah, okay. Alright. <laughs> two, two shakes of a lamp tail.
1: And it's gonna get really, really hot in here. nonsense. Okay. <laughs> okay. So...
0: It might get a little bit toasty in here, but we suffer for our art, Jenny. We do. That—that um, That is
1: one of my sayings.
0: I am regularly shirtless and sweaty by the end of most episodes that I've done with Zane because our radiator is super loud and so is the fan. And we just love you we'll see so t- <laughs> much.
1: I guess we'll just have to see how far that progresses.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well... <laughs> We did shut the door. There is a window on it, and it's, like, three in the afternoon, so if anybody happens by and sees us shirtless, maybe
1: they'll just keep walking? One can only hope.
0: <laughs> I wouldn't want to see that. All right, so, Jenny, before I start talking about the show, tell me about your history
1: with My Little Pony. So, I was in college, and my friend Jacob was uh, talking to me. He's like, I had this really cool show that my friends or that my brother... Made me watch, called My Little Pony. I'm like, yes, I've heard about the brony movement before. He's like, we should watch it. I was like, okay, I'm game for anything. Did you just
0: call it the brony movement?
1: Yeah. Is by it like by a that social
0: point, justice issue?
1: I, maybe a little bit. I know that there is, like, people will rag on bronies a lot sometimes. They will. They and will. it's, it's really unfortunate because community itself is so open and wonderful and caring and, and great.
0: I think they might be conflating it with furries.
1: That is entirely possible. And there is, I, there is a tiny bit of crossover that, there's always, there's be always crossover. There's always crossover. Exactly.
0: Like, I'm sure that several people have experienced their first uh, sexual gratification to Dark Souls with Solaire Pantsless. Like, <laughs> I'm sure it's happened. It's impossible not to get that cross culture wherever you go.
1: Absolutely. So, it's, but but the community itself is very loving and very accepting, partially because it watches a show, usually targeted at My Little Girls, that preaches love and tolerance. Yeah. So it's if you're gonna get
0: invested in this show, you probably are not, you know, emo kids smoking behind the bleachers. Exactly. You've got an appreciation for uh, the the warm fuzzies or what have you. So, yeah. As far as subcultures, this is a pretty harmless one that I think gets a lot of flack that it is not due. That is very true. But I'm not gonna go all SJW guys (laughs) on, on you guys yet. We're just here to talk about the show first, but we can, we can dip into it whenever it's necessary. So. so,
1: I, I've been watching it since about the middle of the second season. It's on season five right now. Um, it's been really interesting watching the show grow and evolve. They recently had their 100th episode, which I'm sure we'll cover here in a little bit.
0: <laughs> I don't recall the one, I didn't actually watch the 100th episode. I only was, watched like three episodes.
1: It's, it was about a month ago and it was just fantastic. It was all <laughs> fan service.
0: Oh, really? Did it have derpy hooves?
1: It did have Derpy Hooves, and she had a speaking part.
0: Oh God! It was great. Well, did she have an impediment? (laughs) I I actually don't know what. I don't actually don't know what Derpy Hooves is precisely. She,
1: um, in the first episode, she had her eyes going a little bit crossways, and so the fandom sort of took her as their own. They were like, "We're we're going to call you Derpy Hooves. You're really cute." (laughs) And then I love that
0: appropriation of the offensive (laughs) intellect. Like that's our word, you know. Derpy Hooves is our pony.
1: Yes. She's not officially Derpy Hooves, uh, in the canon. <laughs> oh, yes, she is. In the Fanon, absolutely. Um, uh, but I, I don't remember exactly what her name is. I believe it's Dinky. Um, I like
0: Derp. I like oh, Derpy yes. better.
1: But she's, uh, in Fanon, she's basically the companion to the Dr. Hooves Pony, and the Dr. Hooves Pony makes an appearance.
0: Okay. Which is
1: great. There's, um, Octavia, who is a cellist, and.
0: Fights Peter Parker. <laughs> or, or, I suppose, uh, Spider that got bitten by a radioactive pony or something. <laughs> we can make this work. We'll oh, yeah. it Oh, yeah. <laughs> so,
1: so she goes, she swings around Ponyville on her, on her strings that come oh, out of her cello.
0: Yeah. Oh, like 3D maneuvering gear?
1: Yes. But <laughs> with a cello.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> and she now officially in canon has a roommate who's a vinyl scratch or DJ Pond 3. Goes by both names. And they ride a bass canon setup to the wedding that they're supposed to be playing at.
0: So, the absolute train wreck of a sentence that you just (laughs) said there is really indicative of sort of the, uh, the goofy yet wide scope of this show. They can handle all sorts of environments and fantastic sort of settings within its, um, within its cuddly warm tone. Um, so, and as I was watching it, I realized that it was, Although it wasn't really a conflict-driven show, there was a lot of, there was very little repetition episode to episode. Uh, they usually focus on a different pony, they usually are doing something different, and it's not so much about, um, it's not so much about the ponies getting something done as it is about each one kind of developing and, and, uh, and exploring that friendship that we're, that, that is the namesake. Which, by the way, this is the 2010 version, Friendship is Magic.
1: Yes, I, I can't really speak to any of the other generations. I didn't have a TV when I was that young.
0: So uh, before we actually... I, I'm, I know I'm slowing it down a lot. This is a very awkward format. We very rarely do it like this. I'm going to just go ahead and talk about the production history, and you can comment on whatever you please. Okay. Uh, nothing is also fine. <laughs> I put Zane in that trap all the time. So uh, My Little Pony is an entertainment franchise marketed toward young girls in the way that I'm sure I don't need to tell anyone. Um, if you were born within, you know, the last 20 years, you've probably seen it on shelves. I almost think of it as sort of a, an American Hello Kitty, although it's not exactly that apt. Um, it started in like 1986, back when, back when Hasbro and Bandai and all these other toy companies were marketing their toys through TV. And in this really awesome way, the My Little Pony franchise has kept on going and has gotten enough public support that it somehow created, and I'm willing to say this on mic, a pretty awesome show. <laughs> well, it, it is different, and it's not targeted to my demographic specifically, but the show is very good, and it's a, it's it's got a rising appeal. So um, the, the Hasbro animator, Lauren Faust, was the creative director and executive producer of the show. I think she got knocked off after, like, the first season... Or something like that, but First two, yeah, something. someone yeah. else took over. But her, uh, her, her mission statement was sort of using this existing franchise. So you know, you've already got you've got a dedicated fan base already. You got you got a, a group of buy-in audience basically, um, and creating more in-depth characters and in adventurous settings, and kind of trying to do away with the gender pandering that was so expressive in the '80s. So you know, boys played with GI Joes, girls played with Barbie and My Little Pony, and she tried to flip the whole thing on its head by making the girls, the girl ponies, actually um, a lot more fleshed out, which I had already spoken about.
1: Actually, I would like to address that specifically. Uh, the character Rarity, she uh, Lauren house was basically told She's by rough. <laughs> she was told by hasbro that she needed to have a fashion pony. And originally Rarity was supposed to be this pony that was like super obsessed with high fashion and did shopping all the time and Lauren Faust was like no. No, we can't have this. <laughs> if she's going to be in fashion, she's going to be a fashion designer. She's going to make everything. She's going to have a job and oh. and have this, you know, history behind how, how, why she's interested in this and why she does what she does. And I, I think that's really indicative of the show as a whole.
0: It it's nice that she's not just sort of like uh, Pre Madonna in high school or Valley Girl type of, exactly. of like really boring, vapid archetype of girl. Like at and least, and she
1: does still have some of those qualities. Like she's very dramatic. She gets she's very focused yeah, on. Yeah, but detail. she's not useless. Exactly.
0: She's just you just need the one thing to make them not useless. And <laughs> My Little Pony friendship is magic did that, and High School of the Dead didn't. So like. <laughs> In this weird way, this is, like, the best pass of a bestial test I can possibly imagine. <laughs> and it's marketed toward, like, eight-year-old girls. I mean, not specifically, but that's still clearly, like, the targeted demographic.
1: That that was definitely the targeted de- demographic, but the show was developed in such a way that, you know, adults would have fun watching it, too. Yeah. It's almost the Pixar model, you know? It's mostly for kids, but there are still things in there that only adults will get. There are references that only people who have had a little bit of their fingers in pop cultures everywhere well see there was an entire episode that was a mystery episode that was mm-hmm. basically a trope on these murder mysteries it played out a lot like Clue and it was hilarious
0: so there's two things I want to talk about uh, as far as the targeted demographic and then the sort of incidental demographic um, first is I have a podcast devoted to grown ass men watching old-ass cartoons in the way that probably no one should. And if I had come out with this <laughs> podcast 10 years earlier, I would probably have been socially shunned and possibly committed. And you know what? This actually leads into my second point, is that there's a very large market for um, 20-somethings sort of experiencing their sec- second childhood or at least kind of uh, cathartically venting these kind of childish I hesitate to say urges maybe like just leanings so you have like adventure time and there's all those cartoon network shows that kind of that have have a have an adult following and i don't know if it, our generation is just really childish or if our uh or if the tech just got so much better if, if the writing and animation and per and uh and and such like that got enough better such as it can now appeal to a wider market
1: I believe that is a big part of it. Uh, although I would almost call it resurgence because a lot of the Looney Tunes were, you know, much more wide-reaching, and then maybe the I, I'm just kind of guessing here because I don't really know much about it. But from an outsider's perspective, if you guys looked into this in depth. Looney I Tunes, have, no worries. Fair enough. I'll correct fact me if up. I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, the the earlier earlier cartoons, like Looney Tunes, all that stuff, very widely appealing because it wasn't very specific to anything, and then you get later in the '80s. And the shows get a little bit more targeted towards, you know, absolutely kids. The kids are going to watch this. The boys are going to really like the explosions. The girls are going to like all the really pretty colors and sparkles. <laughs> and then and that <laughs>
0: hasn't quite gone away, as we will yeah. see shortly.
1: And then I think, uh, and then later in the '90s, we start seeing this resurgence of it being more plot-driven and and such. And even in, and later into the '2000s, um, shows like help me out here.
0: What, in the 2000s? Yeah. Uh, you got Avatar The Last Airbender. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, all the Kim Possible. 90s. Sure. Like, Kim Possible. <laughs> all the 90s cartoons, like, you got Hey Arnold, and I guess Doug was a little bit before then, but. Rugrats? Rugrats was, uh, Rugrats is a weird case. I'd like to not touch <laughs> Rugrats until I have, like, a 100th anniversary special or Fair something enough. like that. Fair enough. But, it, it is this general trend of, so, I had talked about this previously, but there was this general trend in the 80s to appeal to marketing that was known as the dark ages of animation. Um and then the millenn- or the the renaissance age of animation was when all the companies started getting a lot more budgets, the plot lines got a little bit more intricate, the character motivations got more subtle and they were able to you, you could do these long-reaching plot arcs. And so we're still kind of riding that high, although it's starting to taper off a little bit. Um based on certain things I won't go into, but the idea that cartoons used to only appeal to kids because they were so uh, one-dimensional is an artifact of the past that a lot of people don't quite get yet, including those that kind of shun and, uh, you know, criticize bronies for their appreciation of something targeted at young girls, but as I found, there's a lot more to it than that.
1: Absolutely. And whenever I see someone, whenever I meet someone... Whenever I meet someone who's like, I'm never gonna watch My Little Pony, I'm like, give me two episodes. <laughs> and then, and then you can say, yes, I've tried it, and it's not my watch thing. Watch the
0: Crystal Ponies episodes. The the, 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 the two-parter. The two-parter,
1: the ponies, the musical. Yeah.
0: They're all fucking musicals. That's
1: true, but especially the, <laughs> especially that one. The, there are so That's many true. musical numbers in that two-parter, and I love it. I love the musical numbers. I love Daniel Ingram's music. It's fantastic. Um. Mm. Cooling but the, nerd. The, my two, my go-to's are the Discord episodes, where the spirit of chaos comes to life, and the ponies all uh, have these aspects to them that this spirit of Discord sows seeds of discontent among them, and they try to use the elements of harmony to, uh, to send him to turn him back into stone with the elements of friendship, and it doesn't work, and they have to figure out what went wrong in their past and how they can fix their friendship before they can defeat this villain, and it's. Uh it's a good plot line. It has, you know, friend, friend conflict and how you can and reasons how you can resolve it. And Discord is just a really fun character. He's just the episode starts out with chocolate rain from Cotton Candy Clouds. Chocolate rain.
0: I'm sorry, go on. Deep
1: in Velody. <laughs> <laughs> there are uh there's popcorn popping in the fields and basically everything in Ponyville is going haywire. Night turns into day within the span of a couple seconds. And then you're introduced to this uh, character voiced by John Delancey who is just hysterical. And I am always so happy whenever I get to see him later in, in <laughs> later episodes. And I do totally have a Discord cosplay plan for the future.
0: Nice. Um, yeah. And as. As Jenny mentioned, she's a cosplayer. Have you ever cosplayed any of the ponies?
1: I have. I have three ponies. I know there's Ponycons. There is, there's BronyCon. Bronycon?
0: PonyCon? That's right.
1: BronyCon is next weekend, and I really wanted to go, but I can't this year. Um, I have a Twilight Sparkle cosplay. And that is... Complete with the ass tattoo? Absolutely.
0: For for those who are not in the know, and this caught me by surprise, all of the ponies have tramp stamp, um, which I'm not sure what exactly the message was there, but I like to think that they were, like, branded by some other equine race, which is trying to keep tabs on them and sort of, like, a, you know, mark the dog's ear with a magnet, that sort of kind of thing. Jenny, thoughts?
1: <laughs> I mean, do you want me to rebut- <laughs> give you the rebuttal with the actual reason why oh, they have God. tramp stamps? Uh, yeah, why not? <laughs> okay. Well, the the ponies all have cutie marks, tramp stamps, that are related to... I know what a
0: tramp stamp is. Let's call a spade a spade. <laughs> they,
1: they are related to the pony's trade and what they believe their uh, role in society is. So, for instance... Are they born with it? They are not. There okay. is actually a small group of fillies that... They're called the cutie mark crusaders because they're crusading after their cutie marks. And they try a bunch of different things like singing, building things... And, it, well, and the singing actually culminates in a very 80s performance that is hysterical. <laughs> and, and their, their whole point is they're trying to find their special talent. And once they find their special talent, they will get their cutie mark. Okay. So like Applejack's is apples because she runs an apple farm. Fluttershy's is butterflies, um, because she, realized- it's like, ta- it's
0: like tattoos. Exactly. It's like when a person is so into something that they get a tattoo.
1: Exactly. But I was it's recently more thinking,
0: immediate. I was recently thinking like, I should get a tattoo just to like remind myself that I've devoted so much of my personality to this one thing, what but do I you? don't know what I would get.
1: I think a microphone right on the just right of your on the nose, nose. just yeah. right on the tip
0: of the nose, right there. Uh, I was thinking something with like boxing gloves or something,
1: or 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 just uh, an egg carton like- all the way across Ooh, the back. Oh, egg carton tramp stamp.
0: So you are actually privy to the egg fever that we have here <laughs> on the podcast. What are your thoughts on it?
1: It's nothing that I would have expected, but sometimes that's how the best things are are, born. You are
0: not alone. Uh, If I was going to get a a tattoo, I would get uh, Mega Man circuitry for a Mega Buster of my entire uh, left arm. That'd be really cool. Yeah. It'd be pretty sweet.
1: I'd get a minimalist NASA tattoo. Let's go get tattoos, Ben. All right.
0: I'll see you guys later. I'm going to go get (laughs) tattoos. No. So, um, all right. So, we went a little bit off track. Let's get into the brass tacks of how the show works. Now- if you wouldn't mind, can you give me a very bare bones plot synopsis of what the hell the plot is in the show?
1: Uh, it starts out with Twilight Sparkle, student of Princess Celestia, the great ruler of Equestria, who raises the sun and the moon at their appropriate times. Uh, her her greatest student, Twilight Sparkle.
0: So it's almost like a Greek myth so far. Go on. <laughs> Twilight we get, Sparkle, we get, Sparkle well, visits without, Hephaestus without
1: Zeus's uh. He's trapped for four months
0: in the land of the dead <laughs> married to Hades. I remember this story now.
1: So Twilight Sparkle is tasked by Princess Celestia to go to Ponyville and make some friends. And Twilight Sparkle is like, I want to study. Making friends is lame. The future of Equestria doesn't laugh it uh, doesn't rest on me making friends. And then it turns out <laughs> later in the epi- uh, later in the episodes uh it turns out that Twilight Sparkle's Friendship is actually what saves the day. Yes. So it's, it's a two-parter. It introduces my personal favorite character, uh, Nightmare Moon, who is actually Princess Celestia's sister, Princess Luna, who is the one who's supposed to raise the moon, banished to the moon for a thousand years because she had a hissy fit, and Celestia is- overreacted. That's a what bit. you get. Exactly. Come on, ladies. No, no check, tantrums.
0: Check your tampers at the door. <laughs> um, yeah. And that's, that's really all there is to the, be- plot in general is that she's a student of Princess Celestia and wants to learn about friendship or something. And she's also got magic powers, because magic powers are cool. Mm-hmm. And she just kind of, most of the time, if I'm understanding it correctly, just kind of buggers off and has fun with the other ponies for a while. Mostly. And I don't know if you've ever done this as a kid, but I would have, I would, I would, I remember very distinctly. Okay. Ben, Ben's going down his memory, memory trail. Please follow, uh, don't,
1: Leave some breadcrumbs to find your way back.
0: Yeah, like, grab the rope, because there's, <laughs> there's like, actually a lot of shit in the tall grass that, in my memories, that you don't want to get taken by. Um, I remember very distinctly being at the beach one time, and I was making, like, this little kind of beach town with my, some of my favorite video game characters. And you had Mario and Bowser there, and, like, Saint Mega Man was there, and they weren't fighting they were just living in a town, and I was just very intricately, this is like, here's the petting zoo, and there's the bank, and the Koopa, there's a guy like a baseball team over here. And I was just fascinated in like crafting the minutia to making this society work. <laughs> and in that way, I actually kind of appreciate how the plot doesn't have this huge tension or conflict to it. It's just kind of exploring the land they already came up with and finding it to be pretty cool.
1: And what tension there does have comes from inside the characters, which I think is incredible. It's it's not usually some strange coincidence that they get into and get out of trouble. It's usually one pony has a conflict with another and they have to resolve it, or all the ponies have a big force they have to... Gang up upon, and something within their group is preventing that.
0: Um <laughs> now like, I'm having an image of like this huge pony bodybuilder coming into town and they just like talking bikes. down to all of them, yeah. and they all just like dog pile on him and just punch the shit out of him. Yeah, That's... this show is this show is hardcore, guys. If it and was the, directed by me,
1: the, there is absolutely an episode where. It's, Probably my favorite episode, Lesson Zero, where Twilight Sparkle looks like she came directly out of the Solid Snake games.
0: <laughs> nice, <laughs> or, sorry,
1: Metal Gear Solid. Yes, she comes out of, Snake directly out. Of- <laughs> Snake! <laughs> <laughs> and it's it, it's all about her like freaking out because oh no, that that's a different one.
0: There's, not my favorite. she freaks out a lot. I'm <laughs> gonna
1: have to redo that one because Lesson Zero is not the one I was referring to.
0: I'm willing to watch a few episodes of okay. it because I, I actually surprisingly <laughs> enjoyed the show in a way that I thought was impossible.
1: Well, there there is an episode where Twilight Sparkle basically becomes Solid Snake from the Metal Gear, Metal Gear Solid games.
0: I saw, uh, and- the, uh, the one with, uh, the one with Asperger's, uh, do that. Uh, Pinkie Pie.
1: Um. She's Pinkie got... Pie goes all through all through all sorts of crazy transformations. Are you talking about the one where her hair goes all flat?
0: Uh, no, she just put like a um, ninja mask on and did what did her thing.
1: Yeah, that's that's yeah. Pinkie Pie.
0: <laughs> I try not to focus on her too much. I think she's probably my least favorite, just because like wacky characters, in my opinion, okay. if they're just there to be wacky, are just not that interesting. And that's usually what I saw in her.
1: She definitely oh has a couple episodes where she shines, and, like, the wackiness is endearing, and then she loses the- uh, there's one where she loses the wackiness, and she goes completely insane. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's also a little bit <laughs> terrifying.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But
1: she's great. So, big question here. Who I is am. your favorite pony?
0: I think I gotta go Rainbow Dash. What, what a- what a- what a fanboy I am, huh? Um, I can't, like, Fluttershy just because it's a little too pandering- Rainbow Dash kinda just, she does her own thing, and I really respect her kinda nonchalance for, like, she likes her friends, but she doesn't, like, go out of her way to be nice. <laughs> and that's, that's endearing to me.
1: Element of loyalty.
0: Yeah. Nah, dude, I am a guy watching this. I'm not one of them, I'm not one of them people who just wants to see, see the cutesy stuff. I would watch, like, canon and that sort of thing if I really wanted that. So,
1: what about Applejack then? Nah. Not too hardworking. I lived in
0: Texas for like over a year, dude, and it's just—it <laughs> hasn't healed yet.
1: That makes a lot of sense. What about
0: what about you though?
1: Um, I vary day by day uh, on Twilight Sparkle or on Rarity.
0: You have a you have a Twilight Sparkle uh, miniature figurine here. This is actually
1: Princess Luna. She's—I uh, I should add the caveat. How can you tell? <laughs> I should add the caveat that
0: they both have of, my main,
1: of the main six: Twilight Sparkle and Rarity. Go back to being before uh, being my favorite. Okay. Princess Luna is absolutely my favorite because she has this really cool jealousy arc. She's she can walk through dreams. She's just I just yeah. love her colors. Listen to this
0: shit. This is in a My Little Pony thing. You got a Dreamwalker
1: from fucking
0: uh what is that? What is that one? Well, there's Dreamwalkers and. There's a couple and,
1: different series and stuff with Dreamwalkers. There's
0: Dreamwalkers and Dragon Age, which aren't that cool. I'm thinking of. uh, I think uh Wheel of Sword Time. of Truth. Sword of Truth have I don't Dreamwalkers. Know.
1: I know Wheel yeah. of Time had them, but and I And that's the darkest that thing ever. It's, it's so cool. And she actually had a really, really great episode recently that uh, was her. Oh, it was so good. So. We mentioned earlier how uh, Nightmare Moon. Uh, Princess Luna's alter ego basically tried to destroy the world by encasing it in eternal night because mm. of course she can raise the moon so she like punched well, out sure. her sister yeah she punched out her sister Celestia she's like I'm gonna make the night last they forever they punch each
0: other out yes do they have like a boxing episode like the third season of Battlestar Galactica where everyone just gets fed up with each other and just punches the shit out yeah, of each they, other they, and they just they put gloves on it. their
1: horns and mm-hmm. just go at it
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay I need to settle this um I need to talk about the mythology of this universe a little bit more. Okay. Some ponies have horns. Yes. Some of them do not. Is there some sort of, like, classist hierarchy? Because it seems like the royal ones, or the ones that aspire to royalty or nobility, tend to have horns. What's going on here?
1: That is something that I cannot answer. Because Rarity has them. a horn?
0: <laughs> and uh Princess Celestia and all those royal ponies have horns? And uh, uh Magic... uh Glittertits has uh, horns, <laughs> so that's like all of the main characters and the like nobility, and then everybody else has no horns. I think it's
1: there. There are unicorns throughout the universe. It's I feel like it's pretty even split, and all of them have different powers. Like the Pegasus also the ponies. king in that
0: one, the king in that one episode uh, horns as well.
1: Yes, yes, he did. Well, magic can fuck shit up pretty easily.
0: I like to think of it as uh, my. Ma- my my argument is that there was some sort of thing in the past where the hornless the hornless had gotten sick of being treated as second class citizens and formed an uprising uh, but were battered back by the horned uh the horned folk uh into submission uh completely lost completely failed that war effort and they they put laws in place and eventually learned to coexist but they're still subjugated but with their with their dignity intact, because they never raise they, they they know what happens and they're not willing to chance anything else.
1: There is one problem with that, though. What's that? The Earth Ponies, the one without horns or wings, are the only ones that can grow food, because they've got to have something.
0: Well, yeah, you, so that, it, that's so the proletariat.
1: Exactly. So so a unicorn strike would have to be very swift and quick. And Earth Ponies are incredibly hardy, and they have all the food.
0: Yeah, they have to be. That's. That's how they evolved. I mean, they all used to be as quick, but those ones tended to die off in favor of the, <laughs> uh, of, of the hardier stock that w- that were, you know, able to withstand, um, the, what I assume are like, rainbow cannons that the horn folk had. <laughs> Read my fanfic. Okay. <laughs> Looking forward to <laughs> it. That's what I'm saying. It's gonna be lots of fun. So that's, yeah, I, I, th- I was wondering if there was like a one horn good, no horns bad sort of, <laughs> sort of deal there. <gasps> and, yeah. You're welcome, Internet. Uh Another thing I was wondering about the mythology, if you don't mind me just kind of blathering on yeah. about, you know, uh taking to task a beloved franchise with, without any background knowledge whatsoever, seems like almost all the unicorns, the ponies, equines, seems like almost all the equines are gals. Okay. What's going on?
1: Uh what the it fuck's is... up? Well, it is a show tor- targeted towards small girls. That's, that's... Which is fair. They, yeah, they, that's they need, they need the toys. meta reason. But what's yes. the
0: narrative reason?
1: There that? are still many males in the universe. Many? Yes. I
0: only saw, like, three.
1: There are quite and a And one of them was a little baby,
0: and another one was off in an ice palace from a thousand years ago somehow.
1: Well, there's... It's, it's not there's... clear how the
0: plot progressed on that episode. <laughs>
1: So the baby actually grew into the, or maybe it was backwards. No, a Spike. Button. Oh, Spike. Well, Spike's a dragon.
0: The same thing.
1: <laughs> dragon pony. They will have legs. Whatever.
0: Same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, everyone.
1: <laughs> so, the, I mean, the answer is that the show focuses on a female group of people. As opposed to how the... It's
0: sort of an inverse of... How movies do these days. Exactly. Where it's just all guys all it's, the time, and a girl only shows up when it's time for one of the guys to have sex, and then leaves. It's kind of refreshing, isn't it? A little bit. <laughs> I like it.
1: The, I, I mean, the only, the only thing that kind of comes to mind is why... Are... It's a
0: misandry plot is what it is.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I mean, Equestria is a matriarchy.
0: Yeah. So yeah. It,
1: it's all, it's all, it's all women. Although, I suppose technically now, uh, Twilight Sparkle's brother, which I said to... Shining armor. Yeah. Brother Circle's brother, Shining armor. He's
0: got a is, shield on is, his ass. He's now
1: officially, uh, he's he now officially a prince. And there's Prince Bluebud. And there was Prince Sombra. So occasionally they come up. Usually they don't have wings.
0: Is this like a Gerudo tribes people? Like once every thousand, once every hundred years a man steps forward and becomes the king? Is that sort of the deal?
1: Well, here? uh, Celestia's been ruling for at least a thousand years, so maybe it's time.
0: Hmm, maybe she killed all of them, like Kronos.
1: That's entirely possible. So they wouldn't
0: challenge her power.
1: Celestia has the dark side. She banished her sisters for one thousand years. She had like
0: dark uh, lightning come out of her horn.
1: Oh yeah, she did, didn't she? Yeah. Oh.
0: And uh, Twilight, Twilight Twinkle Toes came in and was yeah sure and (laughs) and shot the same like dark blasts. So
1: I haven't seen that episode in a while.
0: Yeah, it was like I'm like, well, you just knew how to do that by watching.
1: Like,
0: (laughs) I mean, I guess that's how magic works. She's pretty good at magic.
1: It's it's been really interesting watching Twilight progress because in the first season she was okay at magic but you see her struggling with like things like teleportation spells and now fast forward to season five she's a princess as well she also has the wings now. Do they um, all become princesses? Not yet. Big Mac does. Big Mac. <laughs> from Applejack's father. From, fun-
0: from from Punch Out. Yes. <laughs> Him too. He just shows up and he's just like. Humans can't humans can't compare anymore. I gotta I gotta go to what like uh it's from like welterweight it went to heavyweight and now they like, go hornweight
1: and that's where the boxing episode comes in.
0: Oh my god, I can't wait! This is gonna be sweet. I was actually what thinking. are we talking
1: about again.
0: It's not important. <laughs> Welcome to the Cartoon Cast, Jenny. Excellent. This is this is how we do. I was actually I like thinking it. it might be like fun to fun to fun to do some sort of uh, RPG game uh, with uh with pony because it seems like they've got a very varied skill set.
1: There have been, there are tabletop games that have been based on uh, the Pony Universe. I'm,
0: I'm not surprised.
1: <laughs> you can you can have your different types. Um, there are also other things that have been revealed to be the Pony Universe. There are Buffalo, there are, um, there are Griffins, there there are Yaks, which were recently introduced. By the way, Yaks are assholes.
0: Yaks, like... if you will. <laughs> <laughs> I won't. Um, yeah. <laughs> you out. Yeah. I. I don't really care for that. It seems kind of racist, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Like, if we are considering the different equine races to be, like, different races of people, which is what I assume it is. If they're all sentient, there's not really a different kind of parallel you can make with our world. You can't just say, oh, well, they're aliens. Right. I mean, I guess you could, but it falls a little flat. Okay. So, uh, I wanted to say a couple of opinions of mine, and I was wondering how you felt about them. I hate songs in shows as a as a rule there are exceptions steven universe is awesome about it um i think there's a couple others but i can't play some now but i remember very strongly in in, in college i would watch phineas and ferb because that was what my friends were into at the time and the songs were like i i guess just like one guy on the on the on the team did a song and it got such so popular that they like contractually made them force a song into every episode, and it felt so forced, and the songs were not unilaterally good. Um, this show does a pretty good job with them.
1: Absolutely. And again, they're not in every episode. There's occasionally you no know, ponies like I and saw, musical. I feel like I there's, saw
0: one in every episode that I watched.
1: That's entirely possible, but <laughs> I, I, I would say there's... You, you might... I, the season finales and openers usually have some sort of song. Specifically, the end of season two, the royal wedding, was songs all day, every day. And it was great. They were all fantastic songs. Um I I think the show handles it very well. Um but then there's also another aspect to the songs of My Little Ponies, and that is the fans. The fans Mm. the fan created content is huge in the fandom. And it's and a lot of it is really, really good. Um, The two examples that I usually point to are Lullaby for a princess, which also recently had a fantastically animated, hand animated video done to it. And then there's, uh, Discord by Eurobe- Bro- Eurobeat Brony covered by The Living Tombstone. Eurobeat
0: Brony. Eurobeat Brony. Listen to that. Eurobeat, just, li- just <laughs> let it sink in. Eurobeat Brony.
1: And both of those are just fantastic songs a, on my what iPod. What a brave
0: new world we live in.
1: I listen to them all the time.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I can't fault you for that. I, I watched the, uh, the pet episode last night where Rainbow mm-hmm. Dash has to find her own pet and I could see how it was gonna develop because these shows are never so intricate or Treacherous that you worry how it's going to end up. Of course it'll end up fine. Of course this turtle is going to be the pet. Spoilers. But, <laughs> um, but just listening to the song about it, um, the, the song was just, I don't know. The voice actors are also very good Absolutely. and great at singing. So whether it's the quality of the song or just the way they animate the song to work with the, uh, with the structure of the plot, I can't really speak to. But I just know that I liked the songs when I heard them.
1: Absolutely. And I'm glad to hear that, given your, uh, given your distaste for songs.
0: I, I don't intrinsically hate them. Like, I watch Aladdin all day. Yeah. Like, on loop. And, and as, our, as keen listeners may be aware, uh, the, the song, uh, Shiny Teeth in Me is one that will never leave my brain, no matter how I, hard I try. So there's definitely, <laughs> it's, it's the exceptions that prove the rule most of the time when songs are done in TV shows, it really feels forced to me. Family Guy was really bad about it. Uh, in my opinion, Phineas and Ferb was really bad about it, although there's dissenting opinion on that one. But that's just my opinion on how musicals and shows work. Uh, so I'm very glad to see it when they actually put their best foot forward and try to make a good production. So, and that's what they did here. Um, because, and another thing that I guess it's not really an opinion so much as a fact that this had full fighting force of twenty years, twenty plus years of uh, a, a a pony empire uh, that was constructed to service further venues in this franchise. So you have twenty plus years of revenue, you have a huge fan base. Of course, you're going to have a high production value on this new one, and I was impressed with how non uh stereotypical they tried to make this show.
1: There there was actually a point in a recent episode where I, I believe it was actually Pinkie Pie said so something along the lines of, wow, this episode ended really or, not episode, but she said something along the lines of, wow, this ended really well and we all learned our <laughs> best lessons and man, that was corny. <laughs> it was it was a little hilarious. throwback to the eighties. That, that is one of those things that I really that I actually do really like about Pinkie Pie is she she d- she is one of those fourth wall breakers. Sure, and she will be like, she just kind I of know, cut through the
0: bullshit. Exactly,
1: <laughs> it's fantastic. And Spike also does that. Spike gets a lot of shit. He doesn't always have the best writing. Bad for sometimes. Spike, I, right? He's
0: he gets shit on constantly again because he's second class citizen as a male
1: <laughs> and a dragon
0: and a dragon. Yes, he's I, I don't know what would that be like a Pacific Islander or something. I don't know what the <laughs> I don't know what the metaphor is there, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, I totally cut you off.
1: No, you and I you were proving my point, Spike is absolutely, he does this thing where he's like, Twilight, you need to stop being an idiot. Fucking And then it. everybody <laughs> will, like, go around and, like, accidentally kick him in the face.
0: Yep. Yep. So, Slam a door in his face after he just saved the entire, like, Polar Express. It's
1: really, it makes me very sad. <laughs> because Spike is a wonderful character. Yeah, it's a very tragic show, yeah. <laughs>
0: Um, so, uh, when comparing this sort of cartoon to, like, the male cartoons of the 80s, I found that this was much more to my liking, and this sort of, when reviewing the show, when looking at it, I was, I was sort of hesitant to embrace my inner brony, as it were. I'm not willing to call myself one just yet, because my passions lie with a bunch of cartoons that I probably shouldn't be watching as seriously (laughs) as I do. But if you compare this show to, like, He-Man... G.I. Joe, or even more ta- like uh, more gender-neutral stuff like uh, Power Rangers, just like the cartoon, the, the shows of yesteryear um, that did not have as high production values, but were more geared toward a male male audience. Uh, I like this better, and I think you you just have to get over your gender bias if you want to enjoy the full spectrum of entertainment that's being offered to you. Which I guess isn't that novel of an opinion, but I think that's really what the whole anti Brony thing is about—is just males insecure of their masculinity.
1: I I do feel very lucky that I didn't have to deal with that when going into show. uh, When going into the show, I was just like, "I like cartoons.
0: (laughs) I'm a girl.
1: (laughs) Yeah." Uh, And it, it does definitely appeal to me on a girly level, as well as a plot and character and musical level, and. I, ever, I really enjoyed about
0: that. Do you ever do you ever feel like uh, you're sort of being pressured away from watching more male centric shows?
1: I don't feel like I'm being pressured. It's just that I not don't necessarily. I, I'm just not necessarily as interested in them mm. because those male driven shows tend to be a lot of explosions and not a lot of plot. And I don't see many yeah. people that I can identify with it in them because the girl is always like arm candy, and yeah. I when I watch something, I like to have something I can identify with in the show. Which, again, is another reason that My Little Pony is so good for me, is because I see a bit of myself in every single one of the main characters. Mm -hmm. That's main, M-A-N-E, by Mm -hmm. the way. Yes. The the main six. No, Um. it was very (laughs) cute before you explained it,
0: yes. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's true of also the male shows of the current time, and I'm just going to use this as my perennial example. Uh, Adventure Time does that, where it's Kind of toward a male audience. It's like this boy and his dog with a sword in a fantastic world that he adventures around beating shit up. Like that's <laughs> it. That's his mission statement. That's his. That's his raison d'être. Right. That's why he does. That's why. That's what makes him thin. He goes around beats evil shit up. Um. But it's more textured than your stereotypical male show. I'm. I know that the uh, that there's a lot of female fans of the show. Even though if I were to judge it objectively, it's marketed more heavily to a male audience in the same way that My Little Pony is marketed more heavily to a female audience, but you you're gonna pull out however far you stick your hands in, essentially (laughs) to phrase it in the grossest way possible. (laughs) And yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I've exhausted that, uh, (laughs) that that, metaphor is, yeah, I've exhausted both that metaphor and that line of thought. (laughs) Um, so, yeah. Uh, and we probably will do a uh my little pony episode at some point um Jenny, I'd be happy to have you on for that, of course. I would
1: love to but
0: uh i I don't know how much more I have to say about it for now, given that I only watched a few episodes and very very scantily looked over what it was about.
1: I'm trying to figure out whether I should mention the last episode, but that's kind of a different discussion into and of itself it's not not a very really good ending thing so... um uh, generally,
0: it's better to like discuss like moments or yeah. themes, rather than episodes. Like, yeah. either go well, really the, fine or really
1: good. This episode is very thematic, and that Princess Luna is feeling really guilty about her threatening Equestria and all that, and it's revealed that she creates this thing that, like, goes into her brain, and she basically relives a nightmare every single night. Oh, man, that's some
0: Naruto, like, yeah. uh, like a sh- sh- Sharingan.
1: Yeah, and it escapes, Char- and sharingan? it gets bigger and bigger as Luna feels more and more guilty. Yeah. And so, she, by the end, it's, you know, this huge dream monster that's about to break out into the real world, and Luna has to confront her guilt and confronts this thing that she's been holding back and hiding that she created for herself. And it's a really interesting metaphor for things like depression and um grief and guilt over things you ne- not didn't necessarily have any control over. Mm-hmm. Um So... I've been trying to figure out how to, like, squeeze that in, but I couldn't really figure out where to put it.
0: Oh, no, you but, can just yeah. say it flat out. Excellent. That's really cool how uh, these modern cartoons are using metaphor to discuss adult topics. Um, if you haven't checked out Steven Universe, you might like it quite a bit. Re-
1: I've been meaning to watch it for, like, there's, two months.
0: <laughs> there's this one episode where them doing, like, their, you know, Goku fusion dance uh, kind of is, like, this expression of love. And, like, the thin veneer on that is that they're just kind of <laughs> having sex and then they become, like, this big creature or whatever. And there's this whole episode of how the the, the opposing force had forced fusion between gems to happen, to, to, like, make them into these new creatures. And the obvious parallel of that is that they just, like, flat out raped these people. Like... And that's how, that's how brutal you can get in these cartoons without actually saying it flat out. And, uh, the one of the main characters who understands, like, the whole fusion sex thing the best is, like, disgusted and, like, has, like, a panic, just, like, freezing up moments and just kind of rages out in the way that she normally doesn't. So, yeah, it's, 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 I don't know. It, if, it's if you have good... to work out your shows <laughs> through a cartoon, if you have to work out your emotions through a cartoon, this is a good age to do it in. It's, it, it's pretty crazy, though.
1: It, and it's a good way to introduce kids to, in a more palatable way, mm. I guess, to some of the struggles of adult life. Yeah. As much as we hate being adults, it has to happen sometimes, and we have to deal with the fact that this world is really fucked up. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you can paint it, paint it more prettily and then be able to draw parallels back to it yeah. as a kid, it, it may, I feel like in general it makes you more accepting of all these terrible things that can happen.
0: Meanwhile, there's people who went straight from Rugrats to Game of Thrones. It's like it's going to be hard to it's going to be hard to contextualize a lot of the things yeah. that I'm seeing for the first time. It's like, is this one Angelica? Stop, forgot to feed her cat? No, no. This person has an arm off. That is a different thing.
1: Uh, and, and there there are a lot of good things like that. The. Luna episode is probably the most blatant example, but there's also one in recent seasons where Rainbow Dash has to let Tank hibernate for the winter, and she's not Tank, and she's and she's really sad about a it because she doesn't want to she doesn't want to let Tank go, and it's and it can be a really good analogy for like the death of a pet or death mm-hmm. of you know someone close to you, mm-hmm. and just kind of that you have to Adventure
0: you know, Time does a bunch of like uh like uh, Alzheimer's metaphors with the Ice King.
1: I, I haven't watched Adventure Time.
0: Oh, uh, It's it's like the, the basis of The Ice King is that he's an incredibly sad old person. But as the seasons pour forward, you realize the reason that he's so sad is because the crown on his head has actually warped his mind to become insane over a period of like 700 years or something like that. And the fact that he's still stealing princesses is because he only very vaguely remembers that he was in love with a woman whom he referred to as his princess and it's just kind of like he only barely remembers who he is and is just following these impulses but doesn't understand the context for any of it and it's just really really rough <laughs> so that's my little pony everyone <laughs> cheers and sunshine and flowers buttercups clap your hands and wake, do and, a little dance and depression whatever the Yay. whatever the they had some sort of like weird secret handshake thing like butterflies um, together
1: sunshine sunshine butterflies awake Something, something. Do, Do a little, little shake.
0: <laughs> yep. And then they start twerking, which was a weird moment for me. A
1: little bit.
0: but Especially since it was between, you know, the
1: Twilight and her sister-in-law.
0: Hey, man. <laughs> you know, it's like... Alright. Um, <laughs> Thanks so much for having me. <laughs> uh, I'm not quite done yet. No? I want to okay. bring up one more thing, which is that uh, this is not my first foray into uh, overly sappy, equine-themed shows, in that... When I was in college, and I was in undergrad, I would feel so bad if I didn't bring this up. When I was in, in, was, when I was in, in undergrad, I, uh, sometimes my friends and I would you know, be drinking a bit and we'd just be browsing through Netflix. It's like, what haven't we watched? A little show came up by the name of Horseland. And it follows basically these Captain Planet-esque uh, variety, uh, variety pack of children. So, you know, you got an Asian, you got a black guy, you got a white guy, etc. And they all go to a farm and ride horses around. And horses talk to each other and the other animals and the guys, the the, the people talk to each other. It was a very bad show, but I do remember that I had some perverse thrill of just watching horses run around and be happy.
1: <laughs> and now you can do that without the token kids.
0: Yeah, get get the kids out of there. We don't need those.
1: <laughs> so much better. Who <laughs> needs humans? No one. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Also that show had a dog that was a Sean Connery impersonator as far as I could tell. <laughs> so had up. That, that, come that is
1: the only thing that my little pony has been missing.
0: <laughs> we all we all gather around the couch and we just wait for that dog to start talking and then just like st- quote from like League of Extraordinary Gentlemen <laughs> so he'd like be talking to someone in a tree and we'd all just be doing voiceovers line up the shot you've got all the time in the world all the time you need <laughs> so that's my experience with ponies um, yeah you brought a lot to the table thanks so much for being on uh, again when you're, where can people find you
1: um, you can find me on our Facebook page uh, Ginger Liz and I'll just leave it there yeah because um, there's a lot of social media <laughs>
0: Of course, um, as always, uh, you can find uh, you can find me and Zane, who's occasionally here, uh, <laughs> at www.cartoncast.com. You can check out our Facebook page, or you can give us a like on iTunes. And most importantly, please tell your friends about the show in case you think they enjoy hearing about people discuss bronies in a humane and completely uninformed way. Um, again, Ginny, thank you so much for having. For for being on this, you're gonna save Zane's ass, and he'll <laughs> give you a pony-themed, egg-themed gift package. Excellent. In some way,
1: is it just gonna be an egg with a horn glued onto it?
0: It's gonna be a horn with an egg glued onto it. <laughs> <but> yes. <laughs> um, for for those who are skeptics, uh, go ahead and check out My Little Pony. It's pretty good, and
1: it'll teach you
0: what friendship's all about.
1: Friendship is magic. <laughs> We can go where we make the greatest friends we've ever
0: had Where we ride and we shine and we stick together Through the good times on the land